0: Good morning and welcome to another edition of play me or fate me and thank you for joining us as always. Well, easy winner chicken dinner last night. Uh, the Chargers get the job done for us. They get up 21 nothing early. We think we're on cruise control. and Then it gets 21-14. Start to sweat it out a little bit, but then the run game gets going and we coast to victory and get the easy cover 28-14. A little concern for Raider fans uh, going forward here. That offensive line looked a little shaky and we know that's cause for concern from past years as well and then the injuries may be starting to mount in that secondary uh which is going to require them and Gus Bradley to make some adjustments to the defense and we'll see what happens but uh the Raiders may be a team that we're going to be fading here in the upcoming weeks could have been fool's gold in the first three weeks as well Pittsburgh doesn't look very good Miami right now without Tua doesn't look very good. So two of those wins may have an asterisk next to them. So really the only win we're impressed with right now for the Raiders is that opener against the Ravens. But uh, for the week, once again, on the National Football League, we go seven and three. That's a 70% win percent. Write it down. We'll take that every single week of the year. Let's talk about some stats. And as we know in gambling, if you play the normal Vegar juice at minus 110, which is one of our principles. We don't want to go above that number to begin with. You need to win 52.3% of the plays to break even. 52.4% gets you into profitability. So now let's give you some easy angles here, right? This past week, 16 games, of course, in the National Football League. If you picked the winner, you would have covered 14 of the 16 games. It's that easy. You just had to pick the winner. We all know it's not that easy to pick the winner. I think in my picks, I only won like nine, 10 games. But um, the trend continues this year. If you pick the winning team, you're typically getting the cover. The only two exceptions this past week, Cincinnati failed to cover against Jacksonville on Thursday night, and Tampa Bay failed to cover against New England on Sunday night. Now, let's look at some over-under trends and some uh, against-the-number trends uh, for this past week. Home and away, how big a factor are the fans? Well, this past week, home teams covered seven games, away teams covered nine. And no offense fans, but if you go to a lot of games, you're not doing your job right now, or maybe we overvalue the impact of fans because home teams year to date have won 28 games against the spread. Meanwhile, away teams have won 36. So right now, away teams are hitting at a 56.2% clip if you just bet every single away team on the card. Next up, what about favorites? Uh, Favorites this past week, eight wins, eight losses. So 50-50 week. Year to date, favorites have won 26. Underdogs have won 38. So if you bet every dog on the board so far this year in the National Football League, you'd be hitting at a 59.3 clip. Then let's go to over-unders. You know, we like to play the unders. Uh, This past week, seven overs, unfortunately, we had two of them, and then nine unders, year to date, 28 unders, or excuse me, 28 overs and 36 unders, meaning that if you bet every single under on the board year to date, you'd be hitting at a 56.2% clip. So those are your year to date stats. Once again, all three of those significantly above the 52.3% you need to be. And then our win percent year to date, once again, we're 26 and 18. So we're at a 59.1% play. So no complaints about our season so far in the National Football League. We wish we had a, had a better week one because our last three weeks, of course, have been killer. But we'll move on from the National Football League, unfortunately, and let's talk baseball. And now I'm going to give you a win percent that is out of this world. It is a trend thats nine zero and 9-0-1 over the last 10, 9-0 and one over the last 10. And if you listen to this podcast religiously, and if you do, we thank you. Once again, we greatly appreciate it. That trend is me and the Yankees. And if you faded me, yes, that's how cold we've been on the Yankees. We are Oh, nine and one. So if you faded me once again, you're nine, 9 and one. So that's the 10 game trend. No team has killed me more since starting this podcast than the New York Yankees. We're gonna play the game today though, because we are gonna play every single postseason baseball game. I love baseball, low baseball, and uh, we're gonna start it off tonight at the historic Fenway Park with the Yankees and the Red Sox going over the eight. I can't trust either one of these starters. Both have previous playoff success and could easily rise to the occasion, but we've seen too many flaws over the last couple months. Let's start with Nathan Abaldi On September 24th at home, At Fenway against New York, he only lasted two and two-thirds innings and gave up seven runs. He has an ERA of 3.71 year-to-date against New York over 34 innings. That part's not that bad, but that last start really concerns me. Meanwhile, Garrett Cole, pre-All-Star break for the Yankees, 2.68 ERA. He would have been my Cy Young winner at the All-Star break. Post-All-Star break, not so much. 4.16 ERA. And then the stats really get bad when we start doing splits here. A 4.91 ERA this year against Boston over 22 innings. And at Fenway, small sample size, I understand that. He has a 6.19 ERA this year at Fenway. Is his past playoff success related to the sticky stuff? I don't know. Starting to wonder on Mr. Cole. Now, the Yankees are going to be paying him 30-some million a year for another like seven years. So they're really wondering what they have in him. He could step up. Wouldn't shock me, but those splits are a concern. Let's go to the bullpens quick. Yankee bullpen, I have faith in. Uh, Year-to-date, fourth-best ERA in baseball out of the bullpen with a 3.29. But Cole has to make it to the late sixth, early seventh inning to position the bullpen properly. If they have to go to the bullpen, In the fourth inning, because of his pitch count, or he gets in deep trouble, that would not set up that Yankee bullpen for success. Meanwhile, Boston, don't trust this bullpen. 3.99 ERA, and it's really trending negatively in the last couple months. So the Red Sox bullpen is gonna scare any Red Sox fan if they're in a situation to close out the game tonight. The opening line of eight and a half on this game had me on pause, but at eight, I can live with it, knowing it's going to require a 5-2, 4-3 type game to beat me. With both starters having question marks and the potential of getting shell, having that bad inning, I like my odds of one of these teams putting up a very crooked number that allows this game to go over. And during the playoffs here, we're going to play very few overs this postseason, but tonight is going to be one of them. So we're going to play the Yankees and the Red Sox, over eight, as we start our Major League Baseball playoff card. There it is, the Yankees and the Red Sox over eight. Tomorrow, of course, we have the Dodgers and the Cardinals. We might be on the plus side tomorrow. If I'm gonna play a side there, I think it's gonna be on the Cardinals. A lot of value there, but the over-under is still in consideration. I like both of these starters and I could see this total going really low, uh, but we're still trying to finalize that play on the game between the Dodgers and the Cardinals. We have a mailbag question. Thank you for the email. And once again, in the show notes, there is the email, uh, the gmail.com email address to email us here. If you ever have a question or comment or concern about the podcast, we did get some emails over the weekend. I greatly appreciate it. But I'm going to pick out an email from Thomas in Minnesota. I did send him a response, very lengthy response. I'll paraphrase the question, but part of it is, now that we don't have baseball every single day with multiple plays, Will you start adding other things to your card, such as the Monday night game? Why not play the side and the total or add in some props to give us more action? Excellent question, Thomas. Uh, We will just kind of talk about our overall philosophy here once again, when it comes to bankroll management. We do not want any one play to cost us at least 10 or 2% of the bankroll, right? That's our limit. Well. I should take that from play and make it game because really that's what it is. I want to limit my exposure on a game to 2% because I could handicap four different angles on one game. But if I'm off base on the game, and let's just pick on Yankee games, those games, I could have gone, I could have lost three, four wagers on one game. I could have done the five inning run line. I, I could have done run line. I could have done money line. I could have done the total. I could be losing a ton on every single Yankee game. So I still want to limit my exposure to 2% of the bankroll, no matter what. So if you want more action, yes, I may consider in the future adding in some props, and maybe on some of these primetime games, we do add more than one angle, but then we're going to have to start doing half unit plays or quarter unit plays, because we don't want our exposure on the game itself to ever get over 2% of the bankroll, okay? Okay. So that's my overall philosophy. If, if you, the fan base out there listening to this podcast, continue to email me and request more plays and want some prop plays, I'll add them into the equation. But we're going to start bringing down the dollar value of those wagers from a full unit, whichever unit for us right now, we're betting $100 consistently. We make no changes to that. We'll start bringing the plays down to $50 or $25 for the sake of the podcast. You know, from a numbers perspective. And, and that's not what I'm looking to do because I'm looking for the full unit plays. Uh, that's that's kind of how I like to handicap, but there's a lot of work to do, a lot of prop bets, of course. Um, and so we're going to try to stick to the full unit place, unless, once again, everyone fills up my inbox and says, hey, let's start adding props to the equation here. If I get those emails, once again, I'll definitely consider it. But uh, we don't want to ever put ourselves in a position where we could lose more than 2% out of the game because I, I would have played the under last night and I would have hit, right? But I know a lot of people who like the Raiders, they would have put that with the over all day long. So by knowing or getting the game wrong with the Raiders, all of a sudden you get a total wrong as well. You lose two units on a game. Well, if, if you're betting 2% per play, you lose 4% on a game. You start to do that quickly and your bankroll can erode in a hurry. And that's not what we're trying to do. Cause we're really, once again, preaching on this show that you can't get too emotional with your wagers. And that's one of the biggest differences between pro betters and the Joe betters, right? Is when I was a Joe better and I would get emotional, I would think, Hey, I'm due to win. It, it's kind of like going back to the roulette table um, where it's like, okay, this thing is due. Whether it's red is due, black is due. And all of a sudden it goes on a 13 streak in one direction or not. It's not guaranteed to level out, okay? You, you have to make sure you have money management along the way, otherwise you're gonna bust out before you get there. You talk to a blackjack dealer and you ask them, hey, what's the most common trend with a person leaving the table? It is that their last bet was their largest bet of the night. That is a frustration bet. Now, maybe it's because they're down to their last $30. So they say, enough, I've lost five straight wagers. I'm gonna put it all on the sixth wager. They bust out, they lose. The largest bet is normally the last bet the person makes. That's what we don't want to do on this show. And we don't want you to do either, because ultimately, if you chase money like that, eventually you're going to bust out. You may get saved three, four times, kind of like I did with June Jones back in the old days. Like I said, with Hawaii football games at, you know, three o'clock in the morning, he bailed me out occasionally. But if you ride that too long, eventually it's going to catch up to you. And you're going to bust out, and then you're going to have to redeposit. You're going to be mad. You're going to be crabby. And we don't want to do that. So, Thomas, great question. Uh, we will consider it. Long, long answer here, but we will consider it. But uh, for right now, the biggest thing is keep that exposure to 2% on any one game because the best handicappers are going to win at a 55 to 60% clip. The worst handicappers are going to hit at a 40 to 45% clip. There's not as big of a difference as you think. Okay, Uh, and right now in college football, we're a bad handicapper. NFL football, we're a good handicapper. Those two things at the end of the year reverse course because we allowed us to stay in the game by staying within the bankroll philosophy in the system. So there's the soapbox for today. Uh, It is a Tuesday. Be happy. Major League Baseball is here. Playoffs are here. Tuesday, baseball. Wednesday, baseball. Thursday, then we're going to have a full card of baseball plus college football plus a good National Football League game as well on Thursday night involving the Rams. So it'll be a good week, but as always, thank you for listening and manage that bankroll. Don't chase money. Have fun and let's cash some tickets together. Good luck, everyone.